live as we listen to a little bit of Rise Again in celebration of this holy season that we're living in. Uh, welcome uh, to Mr. Sam Rohrer. Uh, Mr. Rohrer, or I should say the Honorable Sam Rohrer, is uh, president of the American Pastors Network and uh, former member of uh, Congress, uh, former candidate for governor in the great state of Pennsylvania, and uh, Mr. Rora, we just want to say thank you so much for all that you do, and uh, and thank you for joining us and sharing with us here on the Really Real Deal. Well, Brother Craig, it's great to be with you uh, this morning. It's my privilege and honor to be with you, and thank you for all that you do as well. Yeah, well, you know, we who are uh, watchmen on the wall, uh, we uh, I, I think in Isaiah that was not a suggestion uh, when it says, "Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent." That that wasn't a suggestion, was it, sir? <laughs> no, in fact, that was not. That was an obligation. And yes, I, I share that with others who are in the pulpit, and and really, you know, Brother Craig, all of those in positions of authority, be their parents in the home or in the church leaders or in civil government, all positions of authority have as a part of their duty uh, to be watchmen, to yes. warn those under their uh, author- under their responsibility and their care. And uh, yes. far too often, that's not done, you know? You're so right. And I'm so glad you opened up with that because, you know, as, as a leader, people, you know, you get um, platitudes for, for being a leader. And I'm always trying to share with people that, uh, just like you said, even as the father or the mother in the home, you know, a school teacher or, you know, just a Christian. Some people, the only Bible they're ever going to read are, are your actions, the things you do and say. And that, That's exactly correct. That's, you know, that's the whole principle of uh, when Christ talked to his disciples and said uh, he sent them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent them out as lights and uh, as salt in the world. Uh, sometimes I think we don't really understand what that means, but yes. uh, you are correct. As points of light, as light bearers, if mm-hmm. we claim to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are a light at, 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 to be a reflection of the light of Jesus Christ. Yes. And uh, and if we keep it under a bushel, <laughs> um, it does no good. Yeah. And so that's exactly goes back to exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I think sometimes we lose the importance of that role that God has given to us all. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like to. Uh, I, I'm not downplaying the value of going into our prayer closet, but some folks, that's where their light is located, in the prayer closet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and some preachers, the light is located in the four walls of the church where it's safe. For now, <laughs> safe for uh, now. I, I think I think you are totally correct, and that you know that's one of the principles. What you stated there is something that's 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 really, I think, greatly misunderstood. And I think sometimes we can have a tendency to hide, hide within maybe the four walls of our house, hide within the four walls of the church. 
and think that that that, that is uh, that consumes or that describes our duty and our purpose, but it's not. We are in this world. We're not of it, but we're in this world. We're not. Yes. Just, we we come to church for fellowship and for gathering together, but then we go back out. And that part of going back out and carrying that light is what we're so greatly needing in this nation today that's fraught with all kinds of trouble, but all of the answers are found in God's Word, and they are deliverable, properly done, by those who know the freedom in Jesus Christ, and those mm-hmm. are all those who are true believers. And so we, we have a great calling. We have a great opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, the founding of this nation, uh, and I talk about this all the time, that our Declaration of Independence, uh, the founders were such humble men. I'm not saying we don't worship our founders. They were not perfect men. None of us are. But their humility was expressed in the fact that they did not deign it upon themselves to grant us freedom, rights, opportunity. They said that God did that and that their, the purpose of government is merely to defend and protect those rights, not to amend them, deny them, or grant them. Because, I mean, if you can't deny and amend a right, neither can you grant a right, correct? I think you're totally correct, and I think you put your finger on it. I I share that that same kind of sentiment about our founders. I, and I put our founders in a category where I think they're our founding fathers, we call them. We tend to think of them as uh, political leaders. But I, but I think we also had our founding pastors, mm-hmm. because ultimately it was the preaching of God's Word through the pulpits that communicated God as the creator of all, the source of all that we have. And from that flows the concept of individual and self-government and the family and mm-hmm. family government and the church and so on. And, and from that flows God's plan as far as to what each one of those are to do and how they are to function with each other. It's understanding God has a plan for life and living, and woven through all of that from the beginning of time before creation was the concept of redemption, freedom in Jesus Christ that was that weaves itself all the way through history, and that is really history, his story. Mm-hmm. That is the great plan. Our founders in the pulpit and those who yeah. wrote the Declaration of Independence, they understood those principles, and they knew that they didn't, they couldn't come up with it on their own, uh, and they didn't try to. They said, yeah. "Let's go back to see what God said, and let's look at the history past and see what happened when God did what what God did for those nations who did what God said, and let's look at those nations who did not do what God said, mm-hmm. and let's not do those things." And they put them together, and uh, and that's why here in Pennsylvania, William Penn said called this whole idea a holy experiment wholly because they said we're going to do God's idea, experiment because it really had never been done before, and uh, mm-hmm. God heard their prayer. So really, really profound principles, simple but profound. Yeah, yeah. The Black Robe Regiment, the British hated them. They you know, <laughs> they wear that name as a badge of honor, but the, but the British gave them that name because they, they said back then the preaching of the gospel from the pulpit that they were as effective as any regiment of soldiers out on the battlefield. So how do we communicate that to pastors today who they, you know, so many of them, God bless them, they, they, they seem to think that if they could just rear up a church full of kindergarten teachers, then all will be well. 
Well, I tell you, that's, am I uh, being too harsh in that? No, no, Brother Craig, I don't think you are. I mean, it, it sounds harsh, and maybe some are listening saying, oh, Brother Craig, you're, you're talking, you're talking too firmly. But in reality, and this is how I look at it, the pulpit, when God went to Israel of old, after God had delivered to them his commands, his statutes, and told them, you do these things, I will bless you, I will bless your families, I will increase your wealth, I'll keep you secure from your enemies, but if you walk away from me, as the, as the book of Ezekiel so clearly lays out, God said, I'm going to turn that upside down upon you. And where God went first in Ezekiel 20, 21, 22 in particular, is he went to the leaders, he went to the authorities, but he, he spoke about the pastors in their role as shepherds. And he did call out those in civil government, the princes. Uh, he did call out those in, in the courts, those were the priests. He did call out those the lawmaking body. He called out all of those in positions of authority. Mm -hmm. And he said, first of all, you didn't communicate to the people, to those under your control, under your authority, what I said about myself, about holiness and living, about the reality of sin, about how, how life should function. And you forgot me and you walked away from me. And he held them as shepherds responsible. Responsible. I told, I tell our pastors, I said, you know what? When you stand in the pulpit, pastor, or I'm going to take it to the home too, parents, mm -hmm. in that positions of authority, uh, Christ told them, warn the sheep about the wolves outside the walls, because I send you forth as sheep among wolves, Christ says. And later in John, he comes back and says, but when the hirelings in the pulpit, those who are there, not for the fact that they are called of God, but they're mm -hmm. there for some other reason, when they see the wolf come, they run, mm -hmm. proving they are a hireling. They never were there right. for the benefit of the sheep. And, and that's why I tell pastors, understand as a shepherd, you must communicate. You must warn. And when's the last time you warned your people about the wolf mm -hmm. outside the door, the wolf that's threatening the home, the wolf that's threatening uh, our, uh, our lives about us the way we think. And in most cases, they can hardly ever come to a point where they think, you know, I don't know if I have warned anybody specifically about the wolf. And that is something to say. I, yeah. I say that as a pastor, you will answer to God. Parents, you won't answer to God for whether or not you warn your children and bring them up properly. Mm -hmm. It's not just one position we can point our finger to, Brother Craig. It's all the positions, and really, if we look in the mirror, it's really all of us. Yeah, and you said a mouthful when you spoke of hirelings because there's so many pastors that are really in the religion business. They, they really are hirelings. They have jet planes. Uh, you know, they have uh, big, huge places that, that people people flock to these places. So now for the, for the Christian that's receiving the word and, and perhaps they, they were blessed by the dynamism of that man who's in the religion business and they got their start as a, as a Christian. And so, but as that Christian grows in maturity, how do you advise that person uh, as far as, uh, you know, perhaps do you do you try to reach that preacher and get him to cease being a hireling and become a a a a true a true servant? Uh, do you just say, well, oh, let's just forget about him and find another church? I mean, how do you how as 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 a pastor's network? How do you tread that? Or does it come up often? 
Well, I tell you, it does come up often, and this is where I start. It is, first of all, if a pastor, a pastor, let's first way, must believe that God's Word is authoritative. Um, and, and unfortunately, I say that because according to the polls, George Barna Research and others, mm-hmm. less than 30%, get that now, less than 30% yeah. of those in the pulpits of America. I'm talking about those who would describe themselves as evangelical, too. So it's not just, it's not just way out fringe type groups. These are, these are those who say they're Christians. Less than 30%, Brother Craig, actually believe that God's Word is all true. So if you have a pastor who does not believe that the Word of God is all God's Word, not just contains it, as some would say, Mm -hmm. but it is all God's Word, if he does not believe that, then go to another church right off. Mm -hmm. But if, because you're never going to get the truth, but if he believes God's Word to be true, and he's committed to the faithful preaching of God's Word, then the first thing is go to him and pray for them. I ask people, are you praying for your pastor and those in authority? We are commanded to pray for all of those in authority because God holds them accountable for our souls. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're told that in, in, in the Word of God. So we must pray for them. And if there are things that individual pastors may be weak on, well, then that is something that we can communicate both in prayer and verbally, but our response should not be to, at the drop of the hat, just leave. I think, I think American Christianity has become so enamored with choice, of which we have so much in this country, and it's a good thing. We tend to view oftentimes churches and things that we like almost like a smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. We can come and pick and choose and hear and come and go. The result is we're not faithful to God. We're not faithful to our church. We're not faithful to anybody. And uh, God is going to hold us all accountable for our faithfulness, so we don't run at the drop of a hat. If God's called us to a family of believers, and they are standing on God's Word, then we really ought to put our shoulder to the wheel, help our pastor, help those in Mm -hmm. positions of authority, and until they walk away from the Word or deny God's Word, work with them as a part, as just as we are as our own personal family. If our yeah. brother, the you know, deacons, gets, the elders, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. Walk off at the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Now, can you stay just a few more minutes while we take a quick break, sir? Sure, I can. Okay, and if you're just joining us, folks, we have Sam Rora with us, and he is president of the American Pastors Network. We're going to take a very quick break. We will be right back. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. The gates and doors were barred. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition 
have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Hatchet Man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, the really real deal. And uh, in this Easter season, we're singing all about the true, well, I can't call him a big dog, but our big brother, Jesus Christ, as uh, we come upon the uh, the holy season, uh, Palm Sunday tomorrow and uh, Easter next week. Uh, we have as our guest uh, today, Mr. Sam Rohrer, if you're just joining us. He's president of the American Pastors Network. And uh, thank you again, sir, for staying over. You're, you're welcome, Brother Craig. Glad to do so. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, in the, uh, before in, in our last few remaining moments as we head up to the top of the hour news break, uh, we have a, a president who seems so much like uh, the Book of Kings, um, King Jehu, who overtook uh, Queen Jezebel. And King Jehu was described as a uh, ungodly man, a man who was uh, wicked but focused and had the, uh, had the abilities uh, very much like the way Trump is. They, they, um, the people, they said, oh, look at this person coming up. He drives furiously uh, like Jehu. They, I mean, the Bible literally describes the temperament of this man very, very much like President Trump. But, you know, he was able to take this uh, woman on who had taken Israel uh, towards um, worship of Baal and very, very, very strikingly similar to America today. And he was successful, but he reverted back to his old form. And is, are we in danger of having President Trump come and be be godly for a while? Have um, have have Mike Pence, a, a Christian, have all these Christian advisors uh, help him out in his campaign? Very much like that biblical story where the holy man Jehonadad came along with. Uh, King Jehu, but King Jehu reverted back to his old sinful ways, and Israel was destroyed as a result of him going back. Uh, are we 
Are we living in a repeat of that? And if so, what can we do? I mean, there 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 are supposed to be some spiritual advisors around President Trump. Where are they? Hmm. Yeah, Brother Craig, I think what you just laid out there is 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 an, is amazingly profound and astute. Uh, and I say that for this reason. I'll answer your question best I can. Well, it came from Jonathan Kahn, not from me. I interviewed him a couple okay. of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I tell you, well, but Jonathan, I know him as well, and that is profound. In most cases, many people refer to the president as a King Cyrus. Uh, King Jehu is another very interesting application. Uh, in, in a Cyrus condition, God raised him up. King Cyrus, an ungodly, an unsaved man, um, uh, to do some things for Israel that needed to be done. Well, I look in some cases and say, God has raised up a Donald Trump Mm -hmm. in some capacity as a Cyrus, relative to how he's interacting with Israel. The naming of Jerusalem, identifying of Jerusalem as the capital. Uh, Doing a number of things that are really further crystallizing yeah. uh, the biblical prophetical portions uh, relative to the nations that I think God used Barack Obama to do. Mm-hmm. He, he did, did not do it for God's... Uh, he, didn't, he didn't do it for, because he was doing... He felt he was doing God's will, but Barack Obama did things that actually turned the world against Israel, mm-hmm. turned the enemies of the nation or the friends of America against us. But he brought in, ultimately, Russia and made an, an alliance with Persia, Iran. Mm-hmm. The Ezekiel 38 and 39 passages. God raises up Donald Trump. He chases off the Jezebel, the Jehu example. I think it's very applicable. And at the same time, though, he pronounces Jerusalem the capital. The world's attention is focused now intently mm-hmm. on Jerusalem and Israel, which we know is exactly In the, the 70th God's anniversary. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But at the same time, here in this country, if you see what the president is doing, I think as believers we need to understand this. The greatness of America, make America great again, is good from a practical human perspective, but the way we go about making America great again is not just because we lower some taxes or we increase our military defense, all of which we need to do, by the Mm -hmm. way. But what makes America great is when the believers in America, when America becomes righteous. Tocqueville, the French historian of years ago, after the revolution, came and looked for the secret of America's success, and he said, it wasn't until I went into the churches of America and heard the pulpits flame with the preaching of righteousness did I fully understand the secret of America's greatness. And he said, America is great because America is good, effectively righteous. Mm -hmm. If America ever ceases to be righteous, good, America will cease to be great. Mm -hmm. And there's there's an element here where our president does not lead us into the character and the nature of God or in humility. Mm -hmm. Humility to God, which is critically important. God took Nebuchadnezzar to his knees because he was proud. He took other other kings to their knees because they were proud. We have a proud president. There's a balance between wanting to do those things which are right and having a heart that is humble before God. And that that those elements there, 
that I'm trying to describe are what you are describing and what Jonathan, I think, mm-hmm. used as an example of Jehu. We have a very, very interesting example to watch. My greatest concern is that the church in America, the church in America is not doing what the church must do in our relationship with God to make America great again. We are acting like the church of Laodicea in mm-hmm. Revelation chapter think in Revelation chapter three. We think we're rich. We think we are well healed. We're well dressed. We have no need of anybody, which Laodicea said, and God said, you're dead wrong. You're not rich. You're destitute. You're not seeing well. You're blind. You're not, uh, you're in need far greater than you can imagine. You don't know it. I think that's where the church in America is, and so that's where our greatest attention is. I mean, mm-hmm. I want the president to lead, but he's not leading in the, in the comp- comprehensive nature of what a King David needs to, to lead, as an yeah. example, or, or and, you know, as what, a, as what a king needs to represent in the completeness of what he's doing. He's doing mm-hmm. portions of which God has laid out to do, but those things by themselves will not regain God's blessing on our nation. We must has, be on our knees. Has the president stopped listening, you think, to his spiritual advisors? I mean, Dr. Robert Jeffress, uh, you know, I understand, had had been having uh, weekly sessions and, and went in very strongly and, and challenged the president, um, you know, in front of others and, and in a way that one would think that the president would dismiss him, but instead the president embraced him. And when I heard that story, that gave me a lot of hope. And, uh, and then you have uh, uh, Vice President uh, Pence there. So, you know, what's going on? It, 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 it seemed like at that signing the president did yesterday, he didn't seem like himself. He's, it seemed like he's gotten a whole lot of very, very bad advice. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, and how can we as watchmen on the wall impact that? Well, I think we— and this I is our we, last minute. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you, well, you know, it, it's good to know that 12 of the 16 members of the cabinet— are in daily or in weekly Bible studies. The president has put around him people on the cabinet and close who do know the Lord. Does he go to them regularly? I don't find evidence that he is, but he has people around him who do know the Lord. We need to pray for all of those around him, Mm -hmm. and I think we need to look as believers in the mirror and say, where is our heart before the Lord? Get on our knees. If we did that collectively across the country, God would hear the remnant and God would make a difference. Oh, thank you so much, sir. And folks, please check this out, the American Pastors Network, and have your church hook up with the American Pastors Network. Uh, Thank you so much, sir. God bless you.